So there have been so many surprises Mm -hmm. in motherhood. But um, one of the biggest ones, which is sort of hard to talk about, is my um, obsession with my mortality and just this fear of, oh, my God, like nothing can happen to me. I have to be here to raise my beautiful child that I'm so grateful and blessed to have. Like nothing, especially in this crazy world, like I'm devastated when I hear horrible stories of things happening to mothers and parents um, and these children are growing up, you know, without their mothers. Um, And I just want to live forever. Mama. Welcome parents to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Raising Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's such a powerful statement, but this is true, I think, of all, all parents. I think that's something that you are faced with as you you bring a child into this world is it, it changes you it changes your your perspective it changes your priorities and people don't in general want to die but when you have a child that really shifts your perspective not just for your own uh not for your just yourself but also you now are taking care of this you know young human being and you now have new responsibilities and responsibilities to them and and so it just changes who you are, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely changed who I am. I also think it's hormones. I think that I'm um, still weaning my toddler, mm-hmm. and my hormones are not back back to normal. So I do think some of those like fear thoughts. I know they were. We've talked about this before. Are um, are you know part of po- postpartum things hormones. But, um, but also it's like, you know, shit happens. I mean, there's so many every day. There's like this another tragic story of, you know, a child losing a parent in some way. I've had tragedy in my own family, um, like unexpected tragedies and parents dying. And so anyway, not to depress all of you, but it's just the thought if, if we could, if you could do something, if you knew that something was going to potentially get you like cancer let's just say as a mother would you do the thing I would I do the thing if I knew let's take breast cancer for example Mm -hmm. that I had the gene for breast cancer would I do that bold move and protect my you know children and have a mastectomy to potent prevent the potential of getting it that's a tough question it's such a tough question and, and these questions do pop up every day because they're, you know, as we learn more, as we become, you know, quote unquote, smarter as a species and, and can do genetic testing and can predict uh, to some degree the future, you know, this is becoming an increasing concern and thing that we have to, I mean, it, even just so much as for when you're pregnant and there's genetic testing and you can do the genetic testing and you can find out that your kid has you know, 25% right. chance of getting uh, cystic fibrosis or mm-hmm. they have whatever percent chance to get this and you're we're now faced with making decisions for the future where you don't necessarily know that you're going to get the thing but you maybe because of your genetics have an increased risk and so you're weighing um, 
uh, potential procedure or thing that you need to do um, to decrease your risk. But then obviously with anything that you do, there's a risk from that procedure and you may never even get the thing in the first place. Uh, it's a proposition value question and these are new issues that parents have to face today. And, and there's no there's no book on this, right? There's no uh, one way to do it because the decision one is, well, these are new decisions that haven't really been around that long. And two, every single situation is completely different. Right. Will you write the book on this? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> maybe we'll write the book on it. Absolutely, um, absolutely not. <laughs> no, not on this, but yeah. but maybe something else. Raising amazing. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's just it's just that it's just such an inter- interesting thought. If we're here to protect our children and do everything that we can to be here for our children to give them most the most amazing life possible, and if we could do something that that helped our own health, like would we do it? I would do it. Today we are speaking with Leslie Ann Murphy. And she actually was faced with this decision before she was a mother. She knew mm-hmm. she had the gene. She's a breast cancer previvor, they call it. And she made the choice. And she had a double mastectomy. And she made the choice to prolong her life, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and take that, you know, those risks that come along with that even before she was a parent. Right. And again, I would say it, it's a tough choice. Every decision is different. You can't be in somebody's mind and you might make it different decision but when you're you know when you're listening to this episode and you're thinking about this in your own terms I think it's always important to be open to hearing other people's perspectives and and to be you know not judgmental but just to listen and learn um, because everyone has a different opinion on, on on things like this and there is no one way to do it and especially when you're talking about something in the future to prevent it's a tough decision and especially yes. with this gene um, the BRCA the BRCA gene um, you have a pretty high risk uh, of getting cancer uh, if you have that gene in your family. So it's not like a one in a million kind of chance. It's like, I don't know what the specific numbers are, but it depends on the specifics of the genes. But you have a very high chance to get cancer in the next 10, 20 years. So it's a tough decision. It is. And I'm so grateful that she shared her story with us. We want to hear more stories like this. Um, so let's just get right into our interview. All right, everyone, we are so honored to have our guest today. You know this beautiful new mama from the Bachelor series. We have Leslie Ann Murphy. She is a travel blogger, a TV personality, yoga teacher, and BRCA provider. She has had her hands full these days with a brand new baby named Nora and recently moved from LA to Arkansas to be closer to family. I know a lot of people who are doing this now. I feel like this whole pandemic put a lot of things into perspective for us all. <laughs> Welcome, Leslie. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our chat. Yeah, me too. I just, you are. What you've been through is extraordinary. First of all, how old is your baby? She's three and a half months. Um, it, and she's just now yeah. starting to get a personality. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so fun. It is so, it's such a fun age. And I know people always say it gets better, it gets better. Um, and it, it gets better like by the day. Um, some some and, things get better. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that should come with a bunch of different caveats. But um, <laughs> 
but it's just so fun to see her smile and mm. you know she's a little bit more than just a bump on a log now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's so and, fun and it does don't listen to dr gator <laughs> we'll listen to him he's he is our expert but it does everything gets better my son is too and like every day it's cuter i mean there's tantrums there are things that come with it but um, congratulations mm-hmm. i'm so happy for you and welcome to the mom club Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. It's a it's a club that you just don't you can't adequately prepare yourself for it until you're there. Yeah, I mean it, you really can't. And um, yeah, shout out to all the moms out there. It is the hardest job I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. We want to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, you've been so brave to share your story, but you had a double mastectomy after your mom was diagnosed with breast mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. And I just we'd love for you to share your story with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my mom was diagnosed back in 2014 when I was living in Argentina at the time. And it's it's one of those things where you get news like that, you remember exactly where you were. And I was in my apartment in Buenos Aires and my mom and my dad were both on the phone and um, my dad said, your mom has breast cancer. And it just it was just like a numbing effect on the whole body because you have no idea what's gonna happen from that point moving forward and thankfully she you know sprung into action she herself had a double mastectomy and that led to then my two sisters and I to get positive or to get to get tested for the same gene that gave her cancer and Mm -hmm. it's just you know crazy how the dice fell because my older sister tested positive for the gene my younger sister tested negative for the gene and then I was I went last and I was kind of that tiebreaker and I tested positive. And from that moment, I think it was 40 days later, I was on an OR table getting my breast removed. And I was 29 years old and it it was a decision that I think I was super comfortable with from day one because I felt really lucky when I got that call from the geneticist on the phone, I was actually on the way to my gynecologist appointment for the year. And so, you know, I had somebody to sit down with and talk to right then and there, an expert in the field. And she totally set the ball in motion for me. And she said, you know, if it was me and I was sitting on something potentially cancerous, I wouldn't want to do that. And I was like, you're right. Um, And so, yeah, it's crazy Mm -hmm. to kind of remove a part of you that's grown with you for so long, but I'm healthier for it in the end. And it's it's crazy to see how percep- uh, my perspective has kind of shifted since 2017 when I had that done for me and my health. And then I had, I, Nora was born three months ago and it, it was all for her because it just, right. that surgery allows me to be here for as long as I possibly can be. Um, so no regrets. And I am such an advocate for early detection um, because knowledge really is power at the end of the day. And for people that don't know, maybe you could talk just a little bit more about um, BRCA and also what what were the percentages risk that they get? Because it's not a guarantee that you're going to get something. It's a pretty high no. risk from what I know, but it's a pretty pretty high risk. Yeah, uh, and, and that's you're a really, right. really tough decision for anyone, but certainly um, a mom or, you know, if you're talking about, let's say, yeah, removing your breasts and breastfeeding that becomes uh, yeah. obviously something that you can't yeah. do anymore so it's it's very it's a very difficult decision and, so maybe you can talk intimacy, about that and there's just so mm-hmm. much um involved there and i could talk all day about it but um basically 
my mom was tested, she tested positive for the BRCA2 gene mutation. And really there's, there's quite a few mutations um, and we're learning more and more as you know, the years go on, but it's predominantly um, cancers caused from um, genetically from BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene mutation. And if I have the BRCA2 gene mutation and that gives me a 70% um, chance of getting cancer by, um, by I think it is age, around age 70. So mm. it's, it's an extremely high percentage. Um, and I think it's actually higher if you're BRCA2 positive. So it's, and you have options. If you test positive for this gene, these gene mutations, you can, uh, you know, undergo surgery and, and do a preventative, preventative double mastectomy, or you can go and do these screenings and MRIs and ultrasounds and mammograms uh, twice a year at doctor's appointments. But for me at the time, especially at 29 years old, um, I, I'm a travel blogger. I was kind of all over the place and I could foresee myself just rescheduling and rescheduling these doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't want that stress in the back of my mind. I mean, y'all know what stress does to your body. I mean, it does awful things. And mm -hmm. so I just wanted to take care of it. And I, I feel like that was a really, um, I'm privileged to have been able to, to do that and do it so young. Um, because I know a lot of, you know, um, people who've been diagnosed with breast cancer, who have passed from breast cancer mm -hmm. and they didn't, they didn't know they were maybe positive for this gene mutation. So I actually look at my mom and thank her for, for letting us know. Um, and yeah. so a lot of people have asked too, well, what about Nora, you know, my three month old, what if she's positive for this gene? And I've come, I've come to peace with that because I think we know, like knowledge is power. We know, I'm no, I know I'm positive for this gene. I know that I could have potentially passed this down to her and we will get her tested at an early age. And then it's up to her to decide, you know, what route she wants to take, right. but at least, at least we know. Um, and so I, I feel really bad that my mom carries that guilt, but, and I, I wish she didn't because um, I see it as a blessing. Right. It, it's a, it's a gift and you can, you can see it either way, but in some yeah. ways it, you know, it can be a gift because as you said, we all know someone who's lost their mother mm. to breast cancer. And as now that you are a new mother, you know, like as soon as you have that baby in your arms or as soon as you're pregnant with that baby, like your mortality come, it's so into focus. I mean, obviously you, you have, you had a, an experience with this sooner because you were faced with this, but, um, we just want to be here for our kids as long as possible. Absolutely. And, and that goes for, um, I, I know you mentioned breastfeeding, uh, and I wanted to touch on that a little bit because now that she's here and now that I, I'm not able to breastfeed, um, a lot of emotions have come up because it's, as you guys know, I, I, it's so funny to see her babies just have this instinct where they just go for the nipple, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. and I, I can't, there's nothing there for her. Yeah. Um, and so part of me wishes that I could just, you know, just try it just to see what it's like. Um, but she loves, I've never seen a baby love a bottle more. Like she is happiest with the bottle in her mouth. And, um, I know that it's babies are, she's well fed. She's well fed well, without being breastfed. You, I saw this on your Instagram. Um, we were so excited to have you on the show and then I went stalking you and, <laughs> and I saw that you got some backlash for not breastfeeding or for someone saw the bottle who may, I guess they did not know this piece of your life and this part mm. of your story. And 
it's nothing annoys us more, us, me and Dr. Gator, Dr. Gator and I, <laughs> than people shaming a mother either way. You know, and this is such a perfect example of like, you do not know what someone's story is. We no. do not know. And we are all parents and we are all mothers. And as women, we need to support each other mm. no matter mm. what decision we make. You're right. And I don't know how we got here. I think about it a lot. I don't know. I guess, you know, social media has played a large role, but Mm -hmm. I guess mom shaming has always been here in some form or fashion, unfortunately. And it's just exacerbated um, with everybody's news kind of in front of your face. Uh, But it's just ugly. It's so ugly. And I think women are so awful to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, I just try and be a positive light on social media because there's so much negativity. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm kind of at a, at, a, at a loss what to do with the mom shamers. I think the only thing there is to do is to kind of it, expose them because I don't know how else um, to combat the problem. At least <clears throat> if, if they can't hide behind a screen anymore, um, maybe that'll, maybe that'll stop them in their tracks. I don't know. It's just ugly. And it's, and I am, I, if you want to get me in a spicy mood, let's just keep talking (laughs) about this because (laughs) it goes all over me. I'm always Uh, in a spicy mood about social media, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, doctor gets it too. It's crazy. That's that's insane. Um, And and, then everybody has an opinion. And I think social media makes everyone an expert. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's maybe, that uh, maybe is part of the problem. But, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a good answer other than everyone just getting off social media. But that's you know, it's it's a catch twenty two too. It's I mean, it's not it's not realistic and probably not right. going to happen anytime soon. No. But uh, who knows? I don't know. It's, that's it's crazy. why we wanted to do, start this podcast because there's so much. People just get information so quickly in like under sixty seconds on social media, and they take it as like the word of whatever your god is, and you know, we need we need real science-based facts, advice for parents, new parents, um, in a safe environment where nobody's, um, you know, no mom shaming. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you guys are here and taking up this space with facts and um, education. And I could I could talk to you guys all day about just like random questions that new moms have, right? <laughs> oh um, my gosh. So. Let's talk about your, um, well, speaking about new mom stuff for a second, let's talk about postpartum depression and anxiety for just a second, because mm-hmm. maybe you're not feeling it, but I didn't think I felt it until I was like a year and a half after. And I was like, oh my God, I was so anxious and depressed and I didn't even know it. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling that way at three months after you had a baby, cause you just had a baby three months ago. Yeah. I, um, we just want to acknowledge how you mm. feel mm. Uh, in this space. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, every day is different. Some days are good and then some days are so hard and mm-hmm. end in crying in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they, I think I, I had baby blues come on maybe around week four or five. And I think it was, you know, the newness was kind of gone. The snow had melted. Um, you know, people had sent their meals and kind of stopped coming by because 
you know, the majority had kind of said hi and met mm-hmm. her. And uh, I remember my fiance had left for LA to go um, onto a shoot. He works in media and it just came on like a freight train. And I mean, it was just a terrible week full of tears. She was crying, I was crying, nobody knew what they were doing. And it's just, it's so hard. And I think society always has a way of trying to make us feel like we need to be grateful and happy all the time for this baby in our arms, which I certainly am. But I think you can also be realistic uh, and be sad at the same time. Like that, mm-hmm. that's, that's okay. That's okay to acknowledge um, that we, we don't have to be happy and grateful every second of the day. Like it's okay to usher in all the feelings at once. And that's kind of how I was feeling in that in that moment. I mean, it feels like it's an emotional roller coaster. And then you have the hormones on top of it um, with with the all sleep this depri- sleep deprivation. Sleep de- I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the sleep deprivation, I think, was probably the hardest thing because I've never experienced anything like that. And no. we just went on our first trip too with the baby, which was super fun. But that sleep deprivation came back. It's like we need a vacation from the vacation because... <laughs> That's not a vacation. <laughs> same here, you know, we just went. <laughs> what did you say that? And I was going to say, yeah, same thing. You know, it's, it's when you have a kid, a vacation is not the same no. anymore. It's like a, relo- it's like <laughs> a relocation again. of parenting. With added stress of the people around you, and you're like, now you don't just feel bad that you're, yeah. you, you know, for yourself. You're like, oh, the baby's crying. I'm waking everybody else up in the hotel. Oh, the, on plane, the plane, you know, all the extra stuff. Everything, yeah. everything. <laughs> it's just a, it's a trip, not a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Total trip. Well, congratulations yeah. on completing your first uh, trip with your baby. And speaking you. of trips, you're, uh, I'm an actor, and I love being an actor because I love being an actor, but I also love being an actor because I get to see the world. Like, I feel blessed mm. when I'm working. Like, you get to see places that you wouldn't go. So right. um, if if I had to come back as something else, I would come back as a travel blogger <laughs> if I couldn't be an actress. <laughs> like, it just... It's- Let's yeah. talk about your blog, which I fell into, and there's so many beautiful mm. things. And I also, you also have some great advice on there for um, people, mother, uh, women, um, making the decision to go through a mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about your travel blog and what you do. And yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, oh gosh, where to even start? I, I don't know why, but I'm starting all the way back at the Bachelor because it yeah. all happened right after the fact. Yes. Um, and this was this this is such a long time ago. I mean, this was back in 2013, um, right after the show aired. I moved to Argentina, and um, worked for a company that's a lot like Airbnb for about a year, and was traveling extensively throughout South America. And I wanted to document that somehow, and so. Mm quit the job, logged so many hours on this couch in my apartment trying to figure out how to make a website, how to pitch any and every travel company who would listen and um, kind of tailored that pitch based on you know yes and no's and um, just built that for the next, I think three years um, wow. out of a suitcase really, because I gave up that, that apartment in Buenos Aires and just kind of went with it and built it. And, wow. um, and it wasn't until 2018 that I got uh, my first apartment in LA by myself. I was like, okay, I think I need to, I need some roots. I need to become a real adult and have like a kitchen and learn, <laughs> learn some domestic skills. <laughs> uh, and and so I did that. But I mean, this is the, 
people always ask, you know, like, how did you, how do you, how can I do what we, what you do? And, and it's, I mean, really, I just, I made it, I made it up, but it was, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was, it was, it was, it took a lot of determination, a lot of late nights, a lot of uh, trial and error and figuring it out. And um, I think, you know, if you want anything bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. Like I, I had quit that job in Buenos Aires. And so I didn't have anything else to fall back on really. And so um, I, I so desperately wanted this. I, I've been traveling since I was young. Um, and so, but to be a passive travel traveler is very different than an active traveler. Um, because I was lucky to go off with my best friend and her family a lot when we were growing up, but that I didn't have any say in that kind of stuff, you know. Right. And, and and it wasn't until I moved to another country and then began to do this as a career that um, it began to really truly shape me. And I learned so much more all over the world than I ever did in a classroom with a textbook. So um, I'm gonna take that and run with it with with Nora. I'm, with your I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yep. I'm excited. Did you have a favorite place that you went of all the places? Mm-hmm. I love it. me too. I love Yeah. I know people People <laughs> ask that a lot. And I. they're like, it's probably a really hard question, but it's not. I go back to the same place every time. And it's Patagonia uh, mm-hmm. in the southernmost tip of Argentina and Chile. And it is wild and rugged and vast. And uh, unlike anything else, really, I've ever, I've ever been, it's, um, yeah, I always say like Europe is beautiful and great, and there's so much I love about about Europe as a whole. But um, to me, it's it's a little predictable. You know, you kind of know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. And with 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 Patagonia, it's just anything goes. You can get all four seasons in one day. It's challenging as hell. <laughs> um, but I like that about it. That's yeah. so you're so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> just, what an adventure. Yeah, it, it that's exactly just, it. Um, just an adventure. All yeah. of it. And you're an entrepreneur. Like I feel like that's great. Really inspiring for anyone out there who's you know, has a dream. Like get, mm. it all starts you know, a lot of times many hours on your couch in front of your computer outlining yep. things and, and working at it every single day. Yep, so that's exactly. incredible. Thank you, thank you. So, um, any one last like piece of advice for women out there who just, you know, because of your experience, any advice out there you want to give to, to women to get tested, to get screened Mm. if they're going through this? Oh my gosh. What to even say? I think, um, I, I just want to say that for me, uh, and I, I wish this. For anyone, woman going through what I did in terms of a, a preventative double mastectomy or, or non-preventative or breast cancer, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is, I felt so empowered on the other side, and I know it is so daunting and so overwhelming, and the fear of the pain and the recovery and the what ifs and the how tos, but I found so much confidence uh, and empowerment on the other side. And I, it is my greatest hope that every woman going through this can feel that uh, strength as well. And to just, to share their story, to not be afraid to share their story because you have no clue who it could affect positively in the end. Um, When I, when I shared mine, I, I don't even really know, I didn't have a plan. I I just knew I wasn't going to be able to travel. 
So I thought I might as well just share this experience because if it helps one person, I've done my job. And mm-hmm. and I, I get goosebumps still today just um, on the kind of symbiotic relationship it, it, it that came about from it because these complete strangers on the internet helped me heal in ways I can't even begin to describe. And I mm-hmm. know that it, on the flip side too, my posts continue to help others going through this um, and hopefully for generations to come they'll live you know right there on the screen for everybody to read but um, yeah I just I just hope they feel that that same strength on the other side because you're healthier for it in the end it's amazing mm. you're amazing I love it mm. Thanks, guys. And, and, and where can people find you find the blog if they want to learn more yeah uh, the blog is the road less traveled less with one s is in Leslie Cute. And yeah, and uh, my Instagram <laughs> is my name, Leslie, L E S L E Y, and A N N E Murphy, M U R P H Y. So that's where Wonderful. you can find me. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie. You're amazing. You. you really are. And again, congrats on being a new mother. And congrats. As many tears as you will shed, like there are many more moments of joy coming. I know. I know. That's what I hear. So that's what that's yeah. what I hang on to. Yeah. As nice. you get more sleep, it, yes, hormones uh, calm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of it. And it does, it does get better all the time. I mean, it, it really does, like Serena said. But yeah, there's some things that are, don't get better. I know. <laughs> I, I it goes, know. It goes both ways. It's a, it's it goes like, both ways. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I'm in it. I'm so in it, and my partner's in it, and so we're just along for the ride. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to continue to follow your journey on social media. And thank you for being here and sharing your story because this will help. No. This is going to help at least one person. Yes. Thank you, Definitely. guys. Thanks for having yeah. me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Beautiful mother. I. It makes me sick that she got so much pushback for not being able to breastfeed her daughter. Mm-hmm. Like the fact, I mean, this is a, was such an example of like, you know, all the toxic things that can happen on, on social media yeah. and the judgment. And, and just the topic in general. It's a heavy topic, right? I mean, a lot right. of times we're talking about poop and, you know, pee and... Halloween candy. Halloween candy <laughs> and, and, and more, you know, quote-unquote fun or, or toddler-type issues. But, you know, we want to talk about all issues and we want to let uh, amazing moms and dads and parents share their stories to help other people. And, you know, parenting is not all fun and games, right? It's not all pee and poop. It's also thinking about your mortality and and mm-hmm. being there for your children and going through tough things and tough decisions. And there's something to be learned from hearing other people's stories and hearing what they go through and, and also to some degree helping you to appreciate what you do have and, and the decisions maybe you don't have to make or some other parents do. Beautifully said. And we want to hear more of your stories. So... Parents, mothers, fathers, or caretakers, write in, and you can ask the doctor your questions, and you can also send in short video recordings of your questions, um, and we also want to hear your stories. So please email us. You'll find um, our email address on our Instagram, raisingamazingpodcast at gmail.com, because we want to bring everyone together. We want to hear stories. We want to share our stories. We're all in this together. All of our kids are all of our kids. So let's just keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. 
Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.